Welcome to another edition of the SC Time Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is prep sports reporter Brian Mosey. Brian, a really, really exciting week for prep sports this week. I know you got you had a handful to start the week. Um, how are you doing today, though? Doing good. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I'm on a I'm on a small small week of work. So uh, starting Thursday and Friday, I'm gone. So you're going to be having to take all the reins. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I can handle it. I'm I'm kind of <laughs> taking the reins in the second half of the week. No kidding. <laughs> Monday, which which you kind of took, uh, you know, ahead of with you know some big decisions from the Minnesota State High School League that we're going to dive into uh, for the majority of the show today um, with decisions to bring football and volleyball back, and they also made um, finally you know we get a better picture of what section tournaments are going to look like for all the other fall sports that have already been playing. So it's going to be heavy focus on that and also kind of us starting to put a little, you know, prognostication on to what it's going to look like with these football and volleyball teams um, as we start to get out to a couple practices this week. And we also really dive deep into previews in the next week or two. But I guess the best place to start is on Monday. Now, Brian, while he was, you know, on this like four hour meeting, um, I proposed to my girlfriend. So that was exciting. That was uh, exciting. So I <laughs> now that we doing that. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I proposed to my girlfriend, Mackenzie, and I, I had that going on Monday. And I, so Brian had the other side of it, you know, keeping people informed, actually, of what was happening that day. Um, <laughs> starting at 9 a.m. is when the meeting started with um, the board of directors for the State High School League. And it was, you know, I know it started off as about an hour of discussion first, and then there was a break, and then they finally got down to the voting for the fall sports. Um, I know we're going to dive into it deep, but Brian, can you talk a little bit about um, just kind of generally what some of the really big takeaways were from that really important meeting. Yeah. I mean, the first hour was kind of just more of a, um, they, they basically just kind of went back and forth. You had your pros, you had your cons. Um, you had people from both sides kind of talking about their, why they should or shouldn't have these sports going on for football and volleyball. Uh, you had Don, um, you had Don Gilman, who was kind of the co-founder of that, let, let them play Minnesota that is on Facebook. And they, they kind of talked about, she kind of talked about how, you know, they've done a lot of studies. They've talked to a lot of different experts and medical researchers and whoever else may be um, part of that whole operation. Um, and they truly believe that they can have a football season and they can have a volleyball season and that they should have it right now, just based on the circumstances of, you know, with Minnesota, we have, I don't know if you know this, but we have snow. Um, it's a weird concept. It's like this white stuff that comes. I don't really appreciate it, but <laughs> it happens in Minnesota. And so when it comes, it makes the ground very hard and icy when, when it starts to, um, when the March time hits. So they just thought safety wise, it might be better to have the kids play in, the, in October where the snow is starting to fall, but it's not creating that ice aspect on the ground yet. Then on the other end, you have Dr. Bill Roberts, who is kind of the, um, he's the chair for the Minnesota State High School League Sports Medicine Advisory Committee. And he kind of talked about how, honestly, they had a recommendation back in August 4th meeting when they met and made the decision to move football and volleyball to the spring. And he kind of said his recommendation, not much has changed. So he didn't say whether or not you should be playing football or volleyball at this moment, but he basically just said, 
not much has changed in my evaluation regarding just how COVID has spread, um, everything else. So it was a very good back and forth. It wasn't, I mean, there wasn't any hostility or, you know, people yelling at each other or anything like that. Um, did get a little dicey when the action items were, were made up, but, um, but yeah, at the very beginning though, that first hour was actually very informative. I, I learned quite a bit about both sides and kind of understanding how both sides are viewing this, this critical decision. Yeah. And at the end of it, um, you know, they went to some votes and football returned with a vote of 15 to three and volleyball with a vote of 14 to four. So now football is going to begin practices um, this next week with games, October 9th to 10th is when they're going to kick off um, six week regular season. Um, and they've kind of budgeted for a 10 week season. So a potential for the postseason. Um, to start with football, what do you think the outlook for that is and how likely do you think we are to actually get that full season and at least get in um, a section tournament? Yeah, it'll be – it definitely is tough. Um, I know they, they were talking about having the season start actually on Monday, the 21st, or the 22nd, that Tuesday um, of September. But just with how hard it would be with COVID and, you know, getting the waiver protocols and different things like that done – they had to push it to the 28th, which means they cannot have a game until that ninth or 10th weekend. Um, but it'll be, it'll be tough. Uh, the biggest decision that they had with, with football was whether they should have a five game regular season and an automatic one game playoff that like you're guaranteed a playoff game, similar to what they have in the past with section tournaments and different things like that. Um, but this time they decided we just want the kids to play Um whether or not there's a section tournament or a district tournament or state, whatever it may be, they want the kids to play. And so they thought the six game regular season was probably going to be the best option just to allow everybody to play. The hard part is, is the Minnesota state high school doesn't have a budget right now for the four state tournaments. So therefore you're kind of doing it on your own (laughs) in a sense. Um, And I know I know football made about a million dollars worth of uh, money um, for their state tournament last year, which definitely would help the Minnesota state high school league, but it also means having to put it on and such things like that. So I'm going to guess they'll probably have some type of section, you know, tournament similar to what we're going to see with the other fall sports, but I don't know if we're going to necessarily see a state tournament, but that is still up for debate. So Yeah, and I know one tough part, too, I'm pretty sure, is that U.S. Bank Stadium um, isn't really having other events besides the Vikings right now. So that's their usual spot for soccer and for uh, football. So that's a problem that rises up. And, yeah, bringing just teams from all over the state, like we've talked about for the other fall sports, that's just something that doesn't really seem viable or like it's going to be able to happen, even if, um, you know, it is because it is safe and, you know, other states haven't really had that outbreak, at least team to team or, you know, team to fans at, at these games. Um, so even if that does stay safe and, you know, it's not – and it's it, the season goes well and it even goes, you know, safe and well through sections, yeah, I still think having that state tournament is going to be really tough, but at least there's kind of a roadmap for it. And at least there's if, – if there would be something that would kind of get thrown together more last minute, they'd, like you said, to have that 10 weeks. So there could maybe be something or, I mean, they could any day too during these next couple of months, they could – we've seen things can, can change really fast. Just like this, this let them play MN movement that kind of really spurred them to relook at this. I mean, that was only a week or and a half or so. And it went from definitely no football 
and fall practice is starting to now we have a complete season. So it's really, it's going to be interesting as we go into the fall and even the winter is, you know, in the next weeks, months, we start to find out what the winter sports are going to look like too, that, I mean, week to week, this can all change very quickly. Yeah. And kind of along with football, the, the other, there was actually three sports that they voted on, on Monday. One of them was adapted soccer. That is good. They, they unanimously, unanimously um, voted for in favor of it, 18 to nothing. Um, but it's going to be a fall training period. They're not going to have scrimmages. They're not going to have competitions. It's just an opportunity for the coaches to go to the different schools and work with these kids to kind of, you know, improve their skills um, and have an opportunity to play a sport during this, you know, obviously very different and difficult time. Um, and then the other one was volleyball. Like you said, they, they voted 14 to four in favor of having it in the fall and practices will be starting September 28th with competitions on October 8th. Um, then it's an 11 week season. So they're hoping to have seven weeks of regular season, which means 14 competitions with the hopes of having a um, tournament um, having some type of section tournament, possibly state, but all of that is yet to be determined. Um, we'll probably learn more about that aspect um, during the October 1st board of directors meeting that was originally scheduled. This was a special session um, basically made up to vote on football, volleyball, and adapted soccer. Yeah. So with, with that happening, now we kind of have a better vision of what the fall is going to look like with, you know, football, I think running through, um, November 28th and volleyball being, you know, similar kind of time frame of when they're planning to end. Um, so it's, it's also going to be interesting to see on October 1st, if, you know, we get, we get more concrete decisions on either hockey, basketball, wrestling, dance, um, you know, all those kind of sports that are, that are inside during, um, the winter season that also, while usually kind of start up, you know, that November frame, or even, you know, some teams have, uh, you know, if you're at state for football or something like that, it normally goes till November. Um, so, you know, even though like basketball, some of those sports start practice even, even without them, but the difference is this year, you know, the majority of the state is going to be playing until that middle November, late November timeframe. So I think it's going to be, um, it'll be definitely something to keep an eye on to see what that season looks like for basketball. If they decide to kind of push it more to a December through March type frame, um, and then there's also, you know, that spring aspect of figuring out, well, now this, this March to May season, we were going to have this like fourth season. Well, now that just has been thrown away. So now do those, do those spring sports, um, start their normal time and they're still going to start later. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's still so much fallout that I have a feeling kind of this entire year is going to be every couple of weeks. We, we kind of figure out what the next couple of weeks are going to look like because <laughs> nothing seems to stay solid for too long right now. Yeah, well, and the other big part is, especially up here in St. Cloud, there's been a lot of movement in the sense of um, COVID, COVID numbers rising and different things like that. And the thing that people kind of forget is that schools determine whether or not you have sports. And the Minnesota State High School League is not going to determine whether or not St. Cloud schools can compete or not. So basically, it's all de- dependent on whether or not you have an in-person hybrid or online only um, education learning aspect. And um, right now, pretty much everybody around here has a hybrid model, which means that they are allowed to have a um, activities and sports after school and such. But if you move to the online only um, curriculum, your sports are gone. And so I know 
for you, you were talking to someone yesterday. We, we were recording on a Wednesday, but on Tuesday night, I know you were talking to someone saying that potentially Brainerd would be, is, is going to an online only for a couple of weeks. And that messes up the whole schedule because obviously Brainerd is in the central lakes conference and they're playing a bunch of teams that are in our area that we cover and it can really shape, you know, it can really mess up a schedule, um, especially when you when you already have everything pretty much locked in and you can't move it. Yeah, especially like you said, with how tight um, the amount of times you can play a week is and how many weeks of the season. So yeah, so it, it sounds like the brainer they're not really going to be able to play for the next two weeks now. So I mean that eliminates the rest of the regular season and it runs up kind of right to section play. So they might be okay for that, um, depending how the days fall, but. It's going to be tight. I mean, Alexandria soccer, uh, I know for boys, they already had two weeks they had to miss. Um, a couple other sports have had cases pop up or games get canceled, delayed. So um, it's definitely something that is probably still going to happen for football. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it because you just have that many more kids and there's just a lot more moving parts with it. Um, but at the same time, you only play you know, that one night a week. So, I mean, there's, I guess there's chances we could get games moved to maybe different nights of the week um, as they, you know, kind of try to figure out tracing or if there's false positives, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, all of that's going to continue to evolve and develop as they figure this out. But basically the only thing we do know is teams are practicing. They're going to keep practicing and we're, we're going to finally get games here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And I actually, this has been such a crazy year. I, you know, every couple of weeks, like you said, we're just kind of learning more about what's going to happen and how things are going to go. And it seems like you have some type of glimmer of hope. And then it's just like, oh, never mind. <laughs> right now I just got a notification saying the CDC is asking people to skip trick or treating. Like, what? That's the whole point of Halloween. Yeah, I have a feeling that's not going to be very too many people. But, but, but yeah, yeah so, it's, you know, just, it's just kind it's of a, wild. an interesting world. But yeah, so um, I think that'll kind of wrap up our first segment here, just kind of of that um, initial reaction for Monday. Um, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about the reaction we've gotten from coaches. Brian talked to a lot of coaches afterwards um, on Monday, and I've been to a couple of football practices already this week, getting a gauge of what this season's going to look like. So we're going to hear a little bit more about our Best of Central Minnesota event that uh, is very popular here at the St. Cloud Times, honoring kind of local businesses and recognizing them um, and what the general public kind of thinks of them and gives awards out. So you're going to hear a little bit more about that event. And when we get back, we're going to get some coaches' reaction. Thank you for voting in the 2020 Best of Central Minnesota Readers Survey. The SC Times is now tabulating the results and will reveal the winners and top five finishers in more than 60 categories on Friday, September 25th. Watch www.sctimes.com and check out the print edition September 25th for a special glossy magazine featuring the best of central Minnesota. And we're back here at the SC Times Sports Report podcast going into our second segment, a little bit about um, the coach's reaction in volleyball and football to, to this news and just all the excitement, especially from the players of of getting their fall seasons back. I know, Brian, you um, you kind of reached out right afterwards. You talked to a couple coaches in about the 24 hours after um, finding out. Can you just tell me a little bit about some of their their general reactions from, you know, this this news I'm sure they'd been hoping for for a couple months? Oh, for sure. Definitely, definitely news that they wanted to hear. Um, 
I spoke to a couple of football coaches, uh, Ricori's James Herberg. He's been kind of a big name when it comes to this, let them play MN movement. Um, so obviously he was ecstatic to hear about the fact that it was being moved to the fall. He wanted, or I kind of asked him a little bit about whether or not six game regular season was good, or if you wanted to do more of like a five game and then a one game for the sections or whatever, he kind of said, you know, there's a lot of options that we're, they're exploring and kind of learning more about. He kind of understands the, the predicament that, that this Minnesota State High School League is in, in the sense that they don't have money for a state tournament. Um, but he definitely wants to compete for a state title. Um, obviously, last year having such a successful season and wanting to defend that title, I'm sure there's a little bit more towards that aspect for, for the Spartans, for sure. Um, I also spoke to Apollo's brand new coach, Michael, um, Michael Beeler. Um, and as a first year head coach, I, I'm sure he, I, I kind of was like, so how's things going? He goes, yeah, um, definitely did not take over the role of a COVID monitor person. <laughs> I don't think that was part of the coaching manual. Um, and so just, I know for him, he was excited because the guys have been working so hard over the summer whether that's at home or when they were allowed to come back in and, and train. I know he, he just was very excited for the kids to be able to, and excited for the volleyball players and all, everybody just to be able to, to have more sports to play and more opportunities for kids to join and, and be a part of a team and different things like that. Um, I know he was very ecstatic about that. And then finally, I, I spoke to Sartell's um, volleyball coach, uh, Sarah Hornseth. And she was, um, she was ecstatic. I know she's really excited because Sartell had such a great season last year with going twenty six and two. I'm sure she's excited to have everyone back. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and going for another round. Um, so I know she's she was super excited to kind of see what they were doing. We kind of talked a little bit about, I guess, the JO season. At least for Sartell, none of, none of the kids were really on a JO team. They were kind of more on a league like a summer league type of deal where they played each other every Tuesday Thursday night and just kind of got some practice in but now she's excited to have everybody back on the team and focused on the high school season um and obviously she wants to be competing for a section title and a state title but right now she said the focus is is getting that conference title and that's the only thing that they can control so um right now it's just kind of Put the pedal, put the foot on the pedal, and uh, start rolling with with the season. Yeah, and it's it's really unique now, especially for for football because they had you know these fall practice sessions already scheduled out um, for about four times a week for three weeks, and they went about the normally last week and then started. Um, you know, they heard this Monday, but every team that I've talked to is still practicing this week, even though you know official practices or whatever start next week. Kind of that acclimation period. So I mean every team's going to have, you know, eight or so more practices than normal, which is about twice as many as a normal training camp for football. Um, and, you know, volleyball has been practicing too. So it's going to be really unique. Um, I know, especially for football, the, I've been out to Recorey and Sartell. Um, I went to Sartell once last week and then Recorey and Sartell yesterday on Tuesday. And they're just talking about how they're just getting so much more time for individual work, um, kind of going through the playbook, implementing a lot more of it earlier on so that instead of kind of having a crash course on learning everything and game planning for that first team. Cause 
it sounds like about in the next day or two, everyone's going to kind of start to get their schedules worked out or have an idea who that first opponent's going to be. But without knowing, you don't have anyone to watch film on or game plan or do anything specific. So you really can just focus on yourself, um, get better, which is always really important those first couple of days of camp anyway. Um, so I know the coaches are pretty happy that they do have that extra time to get prepared, uh, be ready for the season, and then can really hit the ground running um, in two weeks or so when when they finally do get to have games. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And I know for only a six-game season, you definitely want to be ready to go when that first when that first snap happens. And um, I I know for sure, like with Ricori and different people like that, I, I know they've been practicing, honestly, they've been practicing since like July when they were allowed to practice this, this summer. And so I know they had a little bit of a break when that August 17th start date happened for the other fall sports. But honestly, it seems like they've just been kind of practicing, whether it's together as a team or, you know, with individuals on the team or whatever. I know for me, I, I was over at Sock Rapids for a couple of soccer games and you could see that, you know, a quarterback and a wide receiver were kind of working on patterns by themselves um, out on the field and different things like that. So there has been a lot of dedication towards this sport. And, you know, even for me, um, living in the St. Cloud area, I walk around a couple of the neighborhoods and you can definitely tell there's a couple of kids that are, you know, whether they're cathedral or Apollo or tech or whatever it may be, they are, they're kind of running around doing routes and, you know, having their younger kids, their younger brothers and sisters throw footballs at them and stuff like that. So any way that they can, they're getting their practice in that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I know Sartell for them too, they've been going down to the cities, um, on weekends and playing in a seven on seven league with some of the, the biggest schools in the state, six A and five A metro schools. And they've been doing really well. I've seen them kind of ranked at kind of the top of that. I think they're they've won four or five games in the last couple of weekends doing that and have I don't even know if they've lost one yet, maybe only one if they have. So um they've been getting a lot of experience in that way too. Like they talked about it's, you know, it's not really their passion to play seven on seven football it's not real football necessarily but it gets them ready it's they've been throwing routes basically every day since since COVID hit I know all these teams have been putting in um, kind of monster work in either the weight room or their own personal weight rooms that they've kind of built in their garages and different stuff so I think it's just going to be really exciting to finally after all of that time of being prepared and fighting for this and having you know a couple extra you know an extra month month and a half um of just preparation and workouts instead of actually games um, to just see all these guys back on the field. I think it'll be great. Absolutely. Same with the girl was well, same with the, with the volleyball players. I know they've been working, like I said, with talking to um, Hornseth. I mean, she, she was talking about how they've been working really hard on, you know, getting, getting people reps and keep working at it every single day um, so that they don't lose that, you know, swinging motion or whatever, whatever, style that they do. And and so for me, it's just kind of, it'll be fun to see how they come out, um, especially with, you know, I know for, for us, Sartell and Albany are definitely two highly favorites um, coming back for having a really good season. And um, I know there's going to be a lot of, a lot of eyes on them and deservingly so, but I think it'll be fun to kind of see how that all acclimates once they get to being able to play on October 8th. Yeah, and another thing, too, that I think is going to allow kids to rest a bit easier is just that recruiting aspect that I know um, a, lot of, a lot of kids have been worried about over this course. Um, 
you know, with spring sports being cut and a lot of those kids had a tough time and worried about their senior seasons, uh, football especially, and, and volleyball as well, and a couple other sports. Um, you know, we're really worried that they wouldn't have that time to put, you know, put their senior film together or kind of show show college recruits what they had or if they're not playing until March, a lot of offers are already made by that point or rosters are starting to fill up. So you have to figure that part out. So I think a lot of kids are going to be able to rest easier knowing that they do have that time to just play in the normal fall season, talk to coaches, um, you know, have somewhat of a normal um, recruiting session in fall than they normally would have if things would have been pushed to the spring. Yeah, no, I, I think the big thing is, is like you were saying with recruitment, just knowing that all the offers would be gone in the spring um, and the fact that everyone around this area in the Midwest is playing football currently. Yes. Just the fact that they, they were able to move it. I think for, for them, it's just, it's an opportunity where, you know, a lot of these Midwest kids or these Midwest kids can start getting some offers that, obviously they deserve because I mean, they've been working hard and at, at their craft for the last, you know, however many years. So um, yeah, it was, I know for, I know for a lot of these kids, they were kind of hoping that this would happen just because everybody else is playing in the, in the area and why can't we that type of, that type of aspect. So um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to be underneath the Friday night lights again. And I mean, for me, I haven't ever covered a football football game in the St. Cloud area yet. So I'm, I'm excited to get out there. I know fans wise um, sounds like 250 people right now, um, similar to what they do for soccer games and um, different things like that. So it'll be a smaller crowd. You won't have the student section, you know, hollering all the time, but um, it'll still be fun to be out on the field and underneath those Friday night lights or Saturday afternoon sun, maybe uh, however we want to. Yeah, there could be, there could be a couple more of those, especially as we get late into that season. I know we've discussed that, you know, once you get in November, it's going to be tough to play on some of those grass fields. They might have to be be another another challenge, which is just kind of another challenge obstacle. That seems to be what this season's been like to figure out how that all works. But I'm sure that's another hurdle we'll, we'll get to down the road. But, yeah, so that'll be, um, you know, we'll be seeing a lot more volleyball and football later into the year than normal. Um, with teams playing these regular season and section games. and But we also found out this week that we're going to be getting sections in fall sports. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. First, Brian, do you want to let um, the listeners know a little bit about um, offers we have here at the St. Cloud Times? Yeah, the um, St. Cloud Times is, has a limited time offer as of right now on their website. Um, you can get a full year of unlimited access online for $39 throughout the year about a savings of 67%. So really good offer for um, people that are just wanting to learn more about the football season or the volleyball season that's coming up. It's a really good opportunity for that. I know for me, I have a little bit of a bigger project coming out here um, sooner than later. um, And that'll be uh, subscriber only. So you'll have to have a subscription to, to listen to or to read that. So a lot of different things that we do Certain things are more metered content, so you can watch it or you can read them without a subscription, but other ones you you must have a subscription to read it. So I would definitely suggest jumping on this offer, $39 for per year. I mean, what, that's like $3 a month almost, a little over $3 a month. So, I mean, really good offer for, um, for anybody that's looking for it. If you're looking for a delivery, like as in a, a newspaper aspect, 
Um, I know we have a deal right now for Monday through Sunday, seven days a week, plus unlimited access, and it's um, $13 per month. So it's $2.99 per week, I believe. So that'll be a really good option as well if you're looking for that hard copy aspect. I know I'm a little old school too, so don't mind reading the paper in the morning too. So not with my cup of coffee because coffee's disgusting, but um, but we can we can <laughs> with a hot chocolate or you know water or whatever you want to do. So, but yeah, that's that's kind of the that's the main offer as of right now. You can always go on sctimes.com and look at all of our stuff. Um, we've been posting a lot of different stuff regarding photo galleries from different sporting events. We have um, a bunch of different information regarding Minnesota State High School League with everything that's been happening this past week. Um, I know Zach has a couple of feature stories coming up this weekend. That'll be kind of fun to read as well. Um, and then obviously we'll be having some previews and different feature stories coming up for football and volleyball as well. So a lot of stuff that you can check out on sctimes.com. You can also follow us on Facebook. You can follow us also on, on Twitter as well as Instagram. Um, and we, you can also follow Zach and I individually on, on uh, Twitter as well. Mine is at uh, Brian Mosey and Zach's is SC times Zach. So you can follow both of us um, on Twitter and we will definitely be trying to give you the best coverage as possible um, along the way. But just like, just like we said in the past segment, we, we know just as much as probably, you know, <laughs> when it comes to certain aspects just with how, how things fluctuate over the last couple of weeks. But, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely give, get, get a, take a shot at that $39 per year. Um, if you really want to be a subscriber for the next year for the St. Cloud times. Yeah. That is one thing we agree on that most don't is that coffee is just horrendous. Oh, it's uh, awful. And we're both drinking water as we speak. So um, I know we're, we're, we're really, you know, blazing our own course on that one. But I got one of those Keurig machines. I literally use it for like hot chocolate. That's it. That's all I'd use it for. And I just, I don't, I don't understand how that taste of coffee like tastes good. It's just, it, mm. you know, it's sweet smell of like caribou in the morning. I'm like, Hmm. Hmm. I was I like, know. that sounds good. <laughs> I've always been told it's an acquired taste, but I've tried to acquire it a couple of times and it hasn't quite gone through yet. Well, especially in college, you know, start thinking about it and you're like, all right, college time, we're, we're going to yep. need more caffeine. I never used it. So no, it doesn't work for me. Maybe I didn't work as hard. I don't know. Yeah, that could be, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but one other, uh, one other thing kind of, as we get um, down to the last part of the podcast today, we wanted to talk about was that we do have some clarity on these fall section sports that, you know, they're starting to get in about the last week or two of their regular seasons. Most of them. Um, we're really approaching that section time. And it's going to be fun to get that first week or two of football and volleyball, you know, the excitement for that. But then kind of at the exact same time or following that as, you know, you get to the middle of football, volleyball, where, you know, the excitement, um, you know, ebbs a little bit. We get sections for, you know, for six total different sports that we get to cover around here, where a lot of them, it's probably going to be the end of their seasons, as we've talked about, no state tournaments planned for those sports. So there's going to be a lot to play for and a lot of excitement in, there's always excitement in section titles, but I think it might even have a little bit of a different meaning this year. Um, so Brian, do you just want to run the people through a little bit about uh, th- for the four different sports, um, kind of what was decided? Yeah. Yeah. They, they had a discussion Monday and um, the first section tournament that's coming up is girls tennis. They start on October 5th and run through October 17th. Um, the biggest change for girls tennis, usually they have a individuals tournament as well as a team tournament. 
that individual's aspect is gone. So there will be no singles and doubles section tournament just based on COVID-19 and how long it'll take to have that tournament happen. Um, so it'll only be a team's tournament this year. Um, they will have the high seed host the match um, and they will play out on the outdoor high school um, courts or wherever their courts are um, in their cities. It'll be a two match per week, similar to what the regular season looks like. Um, and they have to follow Minnesota State High School guidelines. In that sense, there will be a championship and a consolation tournament. So if you do lose, you'll still be able to play at least a couple more matches um, in hopes of that, whatever it may be, third place or fourth place title. Um, if there are more than 16 teams in the section, they are the Minnesota State High School League is requesting that teams start working on playing games during the last week of their season. And obviously that's a little difficult because the, the schedules have already been set up for the regular season and you can only have two matches per week. So that means you're going to have to like cancel a regular season match to play a, like to play a section match, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, that's, that's going to be really interesting, especially with that format, just because, I mean, I know usually if I remember right from last year, my first year here that um, a lot of the times, almost all the matches for that section tournament are played um, at StayFit and Sartell indoors. So, you know, now we're going to have it outside at all these different sites. Like you said, no singles, doubles tournaments. Um, it's really going to take on, especially tennis, I think is going to be, I know cross country will get to is a little different too, but I think tennis is probably the most affected and different this year because of these changes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have, you have someone like um, Ashley Torello and I mean, she's, she's been a section champion for her individual, you know, for singles for the last, I think four years. And I mean, she's been looking to, you know, her senior year looking to get the last one. And, you know, obviously she won't be able to get, do that, but hopefully we'll be able to help that team aspect for tech. Um, but then kind of transitioning into cross country um, boys and girls cross country uh, that will be happening during the week of October 12th. It'll be a multiple day event. And it will be at multiple sites as well, just due to the fact that they can't have that many teams at one particular site. There will be four teams that play or that, that compete on the course at a time. Um, and each team will be able to enter six runners with the top five being part of the scoring system. Um, so therefore there will be 24 runners running at the same time on the starting line. Um, and then they will take those times from all the different um, events out of those out of those different sites and they will combine them together to create who is the team winner as well as the individual winner um, for that particular section um, the girls and boys can run on the same day but they and at the same course but they cannot run at the same time um, so it will be a girls and then the girls will leave and then the boys will come in and that is just kind of how it's going to operate um, and then just like anything else with also with tennis, as well as uh, with cross country, they do allow spectators just like the regular season, 250 or 25% of the capacity of the venue. So that'll be, um, that'll be kind of one of the other main things. So at least fans will be able to partake and be able to be a part of that section section meet. Um, and with cross country, I don't know if, if you know this, or remember this off the top of your head, is it possible if they like start really early in the day, could they do 
all teams in one day or are they advising to to split it up and run it over two days I think they're I think they they're okay with it it's I mean basically they just want to make sure that only four teams are there so basically you know you have Albany and Cathedral and you know maybe Malacca and Mora or whatever it may be you put those four teams and you compete and then once you're done with that then they have to get on their buses and leave and then the next teams can come so um basically the main thing is is we they want the spectators gone they want the teams gone before the next round of people come in because Um, i just know with you know if you run over two days say day one's beautiful sunny day day two is like (laughs) a rainstorm or something you put you put all the times together and it's kind of a mess i mean that could be you know there's only so much you can do with with the the protocols and and how this year's gonna look but I just yeah. feel like that's something that um, I didn't even think about that. Honestly. Yeah. These host sites might have to kind of think about, or, you know, I think I'm not sure still, I know it was originally supposed to probably be run at Ricori for section eight, uh, two way this year. So we'll have to see in the next couple of weeks, maybe check with them to see what, what that meet might look like for them this year. Yeah. No, otherwise you just give mother nature a call and hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then kind of moving into the next uh, section tournament would be boys and girls soccer. That happens during the week of the, or starting the week of the 12th, um, October 12th. And that will run until the 24th of October. Kind of the same thing as, as tennis, two matches per week to follow those guidelines from the Minnesota state high school league. Um, If sections have 16 teams, the Minnesota state high school league is advising that um, the team's, start their round of 16 on October 12th and 13th, just for officials at purpose. Um, They are running low on officials. And so therefore they just want to make sure that they can spread them out a little bit. Um, So if they, if the section has 16 teams, they, they start their first round on October 12th and 13th. If it is an eight team section that they advise not to play on the 12th and 13th and rather play on, um, the 14th through the 17th just because of officials and, and certain things like that. So looks like round of 16 will be the 12th through the 13th, the round of eight. So the quarterfinals will be the days of October 14th through the 17th. And then the week of the 19th will be used for semifinals as well as the finals for different games. Um, the biggest change um, is, is for teams that have, or sections that have more than 16 teams if that happens, it's kind of similar to tennis where you're probably going to have to play some type of play-in game during the week of the fifth, which is the last week of the regular season. So you're probably going to have to either cancel games and play that, or I don't know. Um, it'll have to be like a QRF type of thing. I, I have no idea. So, um, And then high seeds will host the games, and spectators will – um, there will be 250 or 25% of the venue. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a little, it's going to look a little different. Um, and the biggest one is kind of in our section because our section or the section that we kind of cover has all of our teams in the same section, which is great. Um, but it's an 18 team, uh, section, which means, and typically they have eight teams in the North and I think 10 teams in the South or it's the other way around one of the two. Um, and they usually do like a 
mini tournament there. And then once you get to the semifinals, you actually play like the South or the North. But this year talking to cathedrals, boys soccer coach, um, Alex Hess, he's not entirely sure how it's going to go. And um, also talking to cathedrals uh, activities director, Emmett Keenan, he, he wasn't quite sure yet either. He had his mind on other things with football and volleyball starting as well. So, which is completely fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, what's it look like? Our last sport we got to get to is swimming. What's that going to look like this year? Yeah, that one's going to look a little different as well. Um, that's going to take the, the, the week of October 19th. It's going to be a multi-site and multiple day um, tournament. There will be um, the swimming for the swimming portion. There will be a times final format. So it will be not the, usually for swimming. You have like the preliminary round and then it becomes the finals. They're just going to have a finals. There is no preliminary round. Um, there will be a maximum of four teams at each site. Each team is allowed to bring 22 swimmers um, for a total of 88 swimmers, which is going to look a little different because usually you can have maybe one kid like swim the breaststroke and that's like their only event. Now you kind of have to play that, you know, who's going to swim at what event and who's dominant at what place, um, which can be tricky for some teams. Um the coaches, they're going to allow three coaches, no student managers per team. And um, it's going to be the swimmers are going to be, or the divers are going to be at a different location and they'll be doing their diving portion, but um, they will not be along with the swimmers. So it'll kind of be in their own little, little pods. Um, And then finally with just like the regular season, if the pool is owned by the school, um, they are not going to be allowing any visit or any fans to come in. Some section tournaments have been done at other places. Like, like you kind of said, stay fit is one um, that some people use or whatever. If it's at a place outside of the school, they do allow fans. It's just that particular site has to follow CDC and um, MDH guidelines. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like, um, you know, soccer for the most part is going to be pretty standard or that's probably going to see a sense of normalcy, but every other sport is going to be very different um, for section tournaments this year. So it'll be, it'll be kind of fun to see how that actually turns out if doing this, you know, especially in a sport like swimming where a lot of the times, you know, you pace off of what your other people are doing or, um, you know, you save your best time for, like you said, a finals instead of a prelims, you're going to have one shot at it. And even though you might be ahead by about 20 something seconds, you still have to go full speed. If you want to beat someone at a school 40 miles away, you know, competing at the same time, that's kind of funny to think about, but it'll, it'll definitely be an interesting couple of weeks. Well, and, and you might get some like pool records, honestly, because, you know, like you said, they don't have a pace. So you kind of have to go full, full bore. And if you do that, who knows, you might be, you might be breaking a school record if, if, if that's the case. So it could be kind of fun too. Yeah, so, you know, as we get into next week um, on the podcast, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about previews. We're going to get – we're going to really start to wind down on the regular season. So I know this week we didn't really get into kind of our area roundup we've been doing the last couple of weeks, but we'll probably look at, um, you know, kind of those end-of-the-conference standings, where teams might seed in for sections, um, and definitely some of the, the players and teams to watch as all of those postseason tournaments start up. Um, so otherwise, I think that's going to about wrap up the show for today. So once again, thank you for listening to the SC Time Sports Report podcast this week. We are back every Wednesday with podcasts and with football, volleyball, all of it starting up 
it's going to get even crazier around here, but we're going to keep you informed as well as we can. So for my co-host, Brian Mosey, I'm Zach Dwyer. Thank you again for tuning in and we'll see you next time.